So for the longest time, I didn't know that you could have a love story without having a love triangle. Even when I grew up and I would have my own love story, I was like, hey, wait, where's the third person? That's so <laughs> how, how is this going to work? <laughs> Unless two people are crazy about me. You're like, oh, it doesn't feel right if there's no third person. <laughs> I know. Where is this other person brooding over me? Where is this person? Yeah. Well, jokes aside, but that was truth. It's not a joke. I actually believe that all love stories are love triangles thanks to most of the Indian movies. That funny person, ladies and gentlemen, is your host, <laughs> Tanvi. <laughs> and for me, a love triangle was always stressful to watch because love triangle, obviously, there's always this one person, whether it's a man or a woman, who loves one person more than the other person loves back. So for me, it's, it was always like, I would just literally scream at the screen going, oh, move on, you know, he or she doesn't love you anymore. Or so I would literally be like, oh my God, so stressed. I would want to like shake that person and be like, move on. <laughs> <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, that reason of voice is your host number two, Flo. Welcome to the Moviewala podcast and today we are talking about Sangam, the movie released in 1964 and it was directed by Raj Kapoor. It stars Vijayanti Mala, Raj Kapoor and Rajendra Kumar and the Prime Minister of India was Lal Bahadur Shastri and it was not Jawaharlal Nehru. Jawaharlal Nehru passed away that year so it was Lal Bahadur Shastri. This movie is a love triangle surprise. <laughs> there are three childhood friends and one girl, two boy, two boys who grew up, grow up to become Raj Kapoor, Rajin Kumar, and Vijayanti Mala. And you know, as the story goes, they all have to fall in love with the same person because there aren't enough people around. <laughs> and um, like I said, the stories in the love triangle aren't changing much. It's basically just that they can't help themselves but fall in love with the same person and then their story. So the movie is about two friends, uh, Raj Kapoor and Rajin Kumar, who fall in love with Vajanti Mala. And the unique part of this story is mostly about male bonding, which isn't all that unique if you think of Hindi movies, but so far in all the movies that we've covered, it is about male bonding and how the friends are not able to give up on friendship or their love and they are continuously trying to sacrifice love and using the woman as a peace offering to the friend, so to say. Right, so that's the gist of it. God, how long was this movie? Oh my gosh, it felt like it went forever. It was almost like a mini-series and that's exactly how I watched the movie. I was watching it one hour every day. <laughs> it took me four whole days to finish the movie. I know, it was so long. I felt this was such an indulgent film making. Like, you know, when uh, Rajin Kumar is writing a letter, for good 10 minutes, he's just writing the letter. When they're on honeymoon, I actually watched, it was over 30 minutes. They are only showing the honeymoon and there are no dialogues. Mm-hmm. There are no songs. It's not even like a song picturized in Europe. It's just, it's like someone's travel video. <laughs> yeah, it was like a vlog without the speaking part. Exactly. And and then the fact that this movie was a blockbuster mm. makes me feel, you know, this is, okay, so we are jumping a lot ahead, but there are so many things. Like if you guys could see my notes, my notebook is filled. And then I have stapled a, another piece of paper because I had that many notes. So this was first color film which Raj Kapoor made. Before this, he had only made black and white. So I think this was his magnum opus, right? He mm. went 
all out. Can I also say how relieved I was to actually watch a movie in color because I think three black and white movies were enough for me and I really wanted to see color. <laughs> yeah, I and this was like super technicolor, right? Those saturated film color. I was happy too. I'm happy that we have now jumped onto color movies and it's good like it's you know there is nostalgia when you think about black and white but I think because we are from a generation we've always had color. Mm-hmm. So black and white just feels something like you know like how they say oh there used to be like a Mughal dynasty or there was Harappan culture or something you're like yeah great but do we want to live in that no <laughs> <Right>? no <laughs> yeah it's like how we are nostalgic but we still want our uh, central heating and centralized cooling and everything you know we yeah. don't want to really go back into that we like comfort we want color i would happily take this comfort and go back to the 90s and 80s yes Exactly. I I would totally do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would not go back to black and white movies, but if given a chance that okay, you can have all of this easy way of living, but you can still go back to the simpler ways. All right, we'll get to it. All right, let's get back to the movie. <laughs> There is so much ground to cover over here. All right, so let's start. What do you think about fashion? Oh wow. Okay, so fashion was breathtaking, and especially Vijayanti Mala. Oh my goodness, I would happily have her entire wardrobe from the movie, and it would not look dated even now. So that's how great it was. The sarees, the salwars. Oh gosh, amazing, amazing, amazing. Yeah, I know. And I was reading one of her interviews, um, and she had said that the whole wardrobe was actually chosen by Raj Kapoor. He was very clear about what he wanted from the swimsuit, and he wanted her look to be. So you'll notice that she was mostly in whites throughout the movie. Mm, yes. So that was. I mean, I think Raj Kapoor in general liked whites, but for this, he wanted her to be in different versions of whites. Like she's in a white crop pant, she's in a white sharara, she's in a white sari, she's in a white. kurta so whole lot of white going on even when she gets married you know usually you'll so, uh, show newly married people to be in like a lot more color but she was continuously like all around europe frolicking in white <laughs> and also talking about europe and sarees there's something so charming about 60s and 70s movies where most of the heroines when they when the movies are shot in europe they still wear indian clothes there's just something about it it doesn't look out of the place it still looks subtle and very european but it's still indian you know what i mean like it's not european but it still was european i don't know if that makes sense you know it was still a sari and it was still salwars but it still just it just fit in with the total european feel if that makes sense i think it's got a lot to do with the the person who's wearing it because there are people who wear it and they look totally shabby and out of place and you know things are not looking as well put together on them and you are like uh, might as well just wear like jeans or leggings or something which will make you look and feel comfortable because they feel they are uncomfortable uh, sorry they look they are uncomfortable but i think if someone's able to carry it and of course actresses are not a good example of that but just because you know they are they have the the luxury of editing all their uh, shabby moments must have been edited out but even then you know you see all of these black and white pictures where real life people you know when they were ambassadors to un and they went to Switzerland I actually used to know this per- one of the person who used to like be a ambassador to UN and she every day she wore sari like wow. to UN uh with silk saris and coats and all I was like I used to just be like in awe of like oh my god she looks so good so yeah like I agree with you some some people fit right in and some mm. people 
kind of feel uncomfortable yeah but yeah i think all the even the men's clothing you know uh, they were wearing sweatshirts and they were wearing trench coats yeah and cardigans cardigans and these uh, really burberry trench coats they looked i don't know whether they were or not but they looked very european and modern so i think rajkapoor wanted it to have a modern very international look and it did have it especially for 1964 because this wasn't done yet so yeah i think fashion wise this movie scored a lot and also the swimsuit apparently back then it was scandalous of course in 1964 nobody wore swimsuits in indian movies but today when i'm looking at that swimsuit i'm like it's not scandalous at all <laughs> it's like a full on covered up suit if you compare it to the one which bobby wears in bobby to this there's a huge difference she's in a two piece but even that was but you have to give it to raj kapoor i mean he of course you know there it's debatable sometimes he showed women as super sexual objects and all that but i never felt the camera gaze was cheap or vulgar or you know trying to titillate anybody it was just very matter of fact yeah It was almost like I remember when we spoke about Bobby and Dimple's swimsuit. We spoke about how even though it's a two-piece, and for that time it was quite you know revealing, but it did not feel that way at all. You know, she just carried it off so well, and even the camera angles were not very cheap. I think I felt the same way with this as well. Even though her swimsuit was more conventional. Yeah, and I think she had said in her interview that she did this movie to change her image. Before this, uh, Vijayanti Mala's image was very traditional. She had done very, you know, uh I don't know, desi, very gharelu movies. <laughs> I don't know how else to say them in say that in English. But very homely, very conservative. I don't know, whatever. And this was uh, uh her way of doing that so i was like yeah she's the character came across as pretty contemporary yeah she did okay so uh, yeah you're right so fashion wise oh 100 on 100 yeah i think so too i completely agree even other people right their parents in the beginning the sarees which the kids parents were wearing the mothers were wearing they were beautiful too like the one which lalita pawar and uh, achla sajde were wearing they were like I was like, I like their sarees. Yeah, and even uh, I, I think in the beginning, uh, Vijayanti Mala's friend, I think you know, she also was wearing this amazing, beautiful sari and jewelry as well. I was like, oh my god! Even the extras, so-called extras, were. Oh, her friend Sakina. You know, there's one one of the first scenes. She's wearing a check sari with. They don't show us the full frame, but she's sitting on the bed and she's wearing a green and pink uh, combination of check sari, and I was like. Ah uh, that looks very masabaishk. All right. All right. Enough about fashion. So clearly guys, we were on board with fashion. It's still it's it uh, it hasn't dated. It looks very wearable for today. Moving on to the songs, which were the big highlight of this movie back then and even now, I think. What did you think? Our uh, songs, let me go back and see because I've written just one thing about songs and uh you know the song um Buddha Mil Gaya that was so I don't know it just caught me by surprise I mean I obviously we've all heard the song but I I feel like you know this is the first time I've actually seen the song while watching the movie if that makes sense so I kind of mm-hmm. you know saw the flow and when that 
song actually takes place and I thought it was fabulous because he wants to go to a cabaret all by himself because he's a man and you know he doesn't want her to come with him and so that song happens when she's trying to tell him that hey you know I can also come and be part of the cabaret and come and watch it and then she's also trying to not let him go get out of the house so it's just it's just fun but it's also very uh, sexy if you can put it that way I don't know because yeah there are some instances where she's trying to you know um, yeah seduce him so it's it's kind of it's a very I thought the choreography was amazing and I wanted to know more about who did it. Uh, it was just fun and sexy and yeah, I loved it. <laughs> yeah, I, I did too. I think I loved most of the songs. I I liked all of them. They were, they were catchy. But I mean, overall, this movie was very long. So I just sometimes didn't care for the songs. But on their own, they were all pretty good. Yeah, I liked all of them. Even like Mera Prem Patra Parke. That is such a sweet song. Especially because nobody writes letters anymore. I know. Even the so- sad song. And now because a lot of these songs are like, you know, in parodies. Or, you know, you you use them as memes. So you kind of remember them <laughs> from the popular co- culture use of theirs. But then you see them in like how you said, Buddha Milga. You see them in the movie and they're like not at all as caricaturish as we've made them over the years yes and the same with those those tnarha again i think that's that has been used and killed you know those those tnarha that song itself has become a parody of sorts but when you actually watch it in the, in this movie and you're like oh wow yeah it's actually from this movie and it it's a it's a serious song yeah exactly so i think i liked all the songs i mean in general i i don't have a favorite but i liked whenever they came up i was I was pleasantly happy to listen to them, yeah. The same with the German song as well. Yeah. Eklibidich or something like that. I love you. It's so cute. Eklibidich. Yeah, that was so sweet. Yep. All right. Moving on to the scenes. Did you have a favorite scene? Okay. So the uh, I've written down the last scene of the movie. I... I really liked it. You know, especially when Vajanti Mala says that love just happens, but marriage is a commitment. Mm-hmm. I thought that was like a well-written, um, it's kind of like a monologue because, you know, she she's the only one who's speaking a lot more towards the end. And, you know, this, so I, I thought, you know, it was well-written and I really liked it. I, uh, I don't know. I felt like, like bits and pieces of the movie were really good, right? And bits and pieces of the movie I was watching because... They were relevant to popular culture and then I'm, you know, all over the place. I was all over the place with this movie. And that's why I have so many notes because some, there's like equal parts positive and equal part frustratingly negative. And uh, so, okay, now we're talking about favorite scenes. So I'll just go with the favorite scene and then we can discuss all the scenes that I was like, what the hell is happening over here? So I actually liked the, there is a, there are several instances in the movie where they are all asking each other, how are you? Mm. And then they're asking like, I really liked how they were talking to each other and the fact uh, in this movie, majority of the movie is actually in Urdu. It's not even in Hindi. Mm. You know, the language they're conversing in is Urdu. And I was like, wow, it was, it was quite nice. And, but my favorite scene was like when they all are asking each other, how are you? Shukr hai. How are you? Shukr hai. <laughs> it's so royal and polite and so nice. All things nice. Yeah, I yeah, it was something that I really liked. So yeah, that was that. So do you have a scene that you didn't like or things about the movie that you didn't like? Oh my gosh. Okay, yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
It all started like 30 minutes into the movie when the whole confusion begins. Um I don't know how much I can say without um without a spoiler alert, but it's made in 1964, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So I think we are past the spoiler alert stage. Yeah, anyway. So, you know, just the whole premise of the movie where he Raj Kapoor misunderstands that you know the letter the love letter that she has written for rajendra kumar is actually for him the whole because the whole movie stands on that basis right that raj kapoor thinks that you know she's also in love with him the that part itself made me go what what happened like you can't base it on such a very it's very weak because it's a letter that's just flying away and he just happens to pick it and he just thinks it's for him so yeah that it's so weak so i just could not you know what happens sometimes 30 minutes into the movie you you spot this weak spot and then after that everything is like oh so much confusion just because this guy just assumed things you know that made me <sighs> want to scream <laughs> yeah I think you survived much longer because I didn't even make it to thirty minutes. I started getting pissed off from the moment he steals her clothes from the wherever it is by the lake that she's taking a swim. I was like, "What on earth? Why would why would anybody ever think that this is funny or a girl would find it amusing mm. enough or will think it is a joke?" Like. It is frustrating if I were to run around in my swimsuit because somebody stole my clothes. I'm never falling in love with that guy. That guy, I'm going to shoot that guy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Even if he's your childhood best friend. But but they they show us that he is not her childhood best friend. She's always irritated by him. Like, you know, they've known each other from childhood. Yeah, and she's always trying to get rid of him even when they were kids. So and this guy hasn't got a hint so yeah i agree with you this whole mess even whether it was letters or not talking to each other okay so you know how in andaz i was saying that why were these guys talking in shero shayari and like you know not communicating properly over here i can't complain about shero shayari because there is a point very early on in the film where uh, raj kapoor is straight up asking vijayanti mala you know when they are about to go for boating and he's kind of you know coming on to her and he she says that you know tum mujhe acche bhi lagte ho tum bahut you know i like you and your heart is clean but sometimes you cross the line and then he's asking her straight up you tell me what is the line this this is the exact translation of the sentence tell me what is the line and i i did not understand what why the writer and the director thought that she could not say that over there why did she has to go away by saying i don't know i don't know like why you have said so much already you you communicated that you you want to draw the line and now the guy is asking you five times what is the line and you know it could have all ended there I know exactly. So yours was 15 minutes into the movie. Mine was I was like okay fine maybe she's shy or whatever and then I gave it some kind of grace and then the letter just broke me. <laughs> and my husband also was obviously he, he he's always there when I'm watching. <laughs> so he, so he was like what is this? It's like three dumb people in a relationship. <laughs> So that Hi. pretty much was it. Okay, but other than that, like you were saying, there were some good scenes, like the scene when Rajendra Kumar goes to Europe on their honeymoon, and then you know the scene on the bridge, and it's a gorgeous location also. Yeah. So it just adds to the whole romanticized, you know. Thing. Yeah. So Rajendra Kumar and Vijayanti Mala they're having this little talk where she's trying to tell him that you know please do not uh, visit us anymore and do not come to my house kind of thing. You know those like there are specific scenes which are really good. if you just take out the logic and the whole reason why there's this why they're in such a mess then it is good 
in parts. Yeah, there are. That's what, like, I felt the poor girl couldn't catch a break. Like, you know, the moment she's, she's first fighting for the love. In the first half of the movie, she's trying to fight for her love, trying to explain that I'm not interested in this other guy at all. Why wouldn't he leave me? <laughs> Let's go on. Then the second part of the movie, she can't get on with her married life. Now the, now the friend, and I, who, I, and I've never been on board with these grown ass men who can't look beyond their friendships. Are yaar, enough. <laughs> you have a life now. <laughs> I, and they're like, no, I need my friend and I need my wife. No, you can't have it all. Like, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> And also, who? Why would you call him on your honeymoon? <laughs> I mean, I can understand that the honeymoon where it was not ending only. If we were watching it for forty minutes, it must have went on for at least three, four months. <laughs> He must have been bored of her. Yeah. It looked like that. It was just so random. But I understand. Nineteen sixty-four. I think people in India would have loved this kind of visual treat, where you know you're trans, literally transported to Europe. But now, when you're watching it, you're just like, okay, fine, we get it. They're on a honeymoon. Move on, because it's not adding to the story at all. Nothing happens during the honeymoon that adds any value to the story. <laughs> I, I I agree that honeymoon. That's why I said in the beginning I felt it was very indulgent movie making. He's like, you know, this is what I want to do and this is what I'm going to do. Like, so it was purely like that. So. I liked certain scenes. Like I liked when Vijayanti Mala, in her, you know, when she stands up and says, "Like if you, I, you can't go to burlesque because I can't go. If I can't go, then you can't go." And she says that you know, uh, Indian men, even when they'll move out of India, their brain will stay like that. Yes. They won't ever change. And I was like, that was in 1964, and we are in 2019. Yeah, <laughs> and nothing has changed. Nothing. <laughs> so you know there are spurts of this, and then okay, but this is what I feel like back then. Until now, all the movies we watched, no one has given a proper character arc to the female. Even the male are stupid men. I'm not going to say that their arc is very great, but I'm more concerned with women. What is this? You know, one moment she's a strong-headed woman, and then the second moment she's submissive, and then the third moment she's strong. I get we all have our moments of strength and weakness, but her character is not like shown in a. You can't put her like mm. you can't. I didn't understand Radha. Like who was Radha? <laughs> yeah. Also, it's not uh, that her character is someone who is like that. It's not even that. It's just badly written that you don't even understand as an audience what kind of a personality or what kind of a character she is. You know what I mean. So that is the sad part. <laughs> You're constantly thinking if she is really dumb, if that's what they want to show her, that is fine. But if not, then what are they trying to show? And is she strong? Is she like what's going on? Yeah, it was very frustrating as a woman watching the movie. Yeah, and I it was it must have been frustrating to be a woman in that time as well because this is throughout the movie. I was you know whenever it caught my attention, I was like people will. Always telling her what to do. Radha, ab tum bed jao. Radha, ab tum ye karo. Even when Rajin Kumar is taking her to show that Raj Kapoor is going on his uh, aerop. Radha, ha, we are going somewhere. She's like, where are we going? We are just going somewhere. Like so, people will literally take her to places, tell her what to do. So there's a moment uh, when Rajin Kumar is coming to Radha's house, and they think he's going to ask her hand in marriage. And then the mother is saying, uh, after giving sharbat, you must go. She's like, why? She's like because uh, men have to talk, and then you know they won't be comfortable if you are there. I'm like, what are they going to talk about? Dowry? 
communication is key which is the message throughout this season <laughs> be so straightforward to the point of being rude because if you don't your whole life will get ruined <laughs> right she had to get married to somebody that she's not in love with oh my gosh it's not worth it <laughs> please talk <laughs> <laughs> now please just say and the other thing is that how clueless are indian men like they really don't know because even as a as bizarre bizarre uh, vijayanthi mala's character was but even then you could tell that she does not like this guy what was his name what was raj kapoor's name sundar sundar khanna sundar yeah so you could tell that radha does not like sundar but sundar had no clue exactly like yeah three dumb people in a relationship this is what happened like dumb <laughs> You can tell that she is not interested in him, but he thinks she is totally in love with him. Oh my God, how dumb can he be? So yeah, that was just... Seriously. <laughs> And I mean, we are not even talking about the basic logistics of things, right? The fact that none of them ever met anybody else. Like all their life. <laughs> the Gopal dude has gone to London to become a lawyer. He did not find a single person there. Then this other dude teaches flying and all of that, but has never met a single person. This woman, we don't even know whether she has studied. Did she go to college? We there's a, not a single instant of her education or future. Like we have no idea. <laughs> but she clearly had never ever made another friend in her right. whole life. <laughs> yeah, I, and also I think I read somewhere that you know this movie was supposed to be made in the forties. I think and. Uh, You know, so Raj Kapoor wanted. I think he wanted Sa- who Dilip Kumar Nargis. and yeah Nargis, Nargis and Dilip Kumar. But then obviously, you know, for some reasons that that could not work out. So this he he made it in sixty four, and he has aged quite a bit, right, Raj Kapoor. So some of the scenes were kind of borderline creepy because Vijayanti Mala is so young and you know so fresh and so beautiful. It just turns it and the fact that she's not interested in him but she's married to him. It just Kind of made it a little uncomfortable, you know, not completely creepy, but kind of borderline. You know, it was. Oh, it was totally creepy, man! It was totally creepy. It was total uncle vibes. Yes. <laughs> Raj Kapoor, in the process of making his magnum opus, he forgot to direct himself. Like, what was Gopal? Not Gopal. What was Sundar doing? There was absolutely. I mean, this is this is the Raj Kapoor which people don't like because you know I think I've you know stood up for him in the past and said yes he's done good work but I can't stand behind this this acting and this character what rubbish was this like he's like busy make, going to Europe but he's like not working on his own character right clearly if you wanted to make this movie in 1940s and you've changed the cast why wouldn't you change yourself like put. Like hire somebody else, right? I agree. I completely agree. Yeah. So it showed the age. <laughs> yeah. So and clear, like how we said that this film was so long. Apparently, it had two intervals. This was the first film in Hindi cinema which had two intervals. I was like, oh god, crazy. So wrapping up, what would you say? To the people who are listening, <laughs> what would I say? I would say that. 
Okay, so watch this movie because this was one of the first. Okay, this is why you need to watch this movie. Here's what I found. Every single Yash Chopra movie is a product of Sangam. There are scenes in this movie which are from Chandni. There are scenes in this movie which are from Dag. There are scenes in this movie from Kabhi Kabhi. There are scenes in this movie from Dil To Pagale. So basically, Yash Chopra's romantic prelude of these Mac to Mac movies, it's all like this is the, this is the mothership. The prototype. <laughs> This is the prototype and he got all his ideas of going abroad. There is a scene in Chandni where the two guys meet on their honeymoon. There is a scene. All of that is from this movie. I, I mean, even even in Dag, Rajesh Khanna, you know, the character of Rajesh Khanna is similar to how uh, Sundar dies and comes back. And oh my God. I was like, oh God, this movie, like basically Yash Chopra took clips from this movie and then created different movies out of it. That is a great point and that's a great reason for people to watch this movie. Yeah, and this is a good reason to watch and another bad reason to watch is this is how (laughs) another example of, I think so far we've been giving what was the subconscious message to women about all these movies, right? So the subconscious message of this movie was women, please don't have any affairs or any relationship before marriage. Because if you do, your husband will lose his mind and not be able to like handle it. And it will be your fault because had you never had any relationships, your marital life would have been blissful. So, henceforth, <laughs> do, not do not even look at any other man before marriage. No. Yeah, because it will come back and bite you because Indian men cannot handle it. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, this is, this is the, these are the two two things that I took away and these are the reasons they should watch it I mean I think people should watch it going back to the um, having no relationship before marriage it's just so annoying and so frustrating because the way the movies are shown and how the men react in these movies I understand obviously if the husband does not know about the previous relationship he would be upset I'm not denying that but the way they react is to an extent where it's almost like the woman is having an affair right now while she's married which is completely different you know so that is what annoys me the most the way they react exactly and that's that's what the subconscious message is right like why wouldn't the message be around that how men should deal and that's why i mean we'll talk about it later because there are other people there are some good representations and that's not to be wasted on this movie but yeah um if anybody's interested this is probably said that it's loosely based on gone with the wind and it is also said that maybe Pearl Harbor, the Hollywood movie, was loosely based on this movie. Ooh, interesting. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Oh, and also one more trivia. For a change, I'm giving it trivia. <laughs> so there's an Israeli movie which was made in 2001 called Desperado Square. And apparently uh-huh. it's, it's a movie that's about a... About an old um, disused cinema hall that's being revived. Uh, during the revival of that cinema, I think they played this movie once in, in the, the background. Yeah. yeah, so I thought that was really nice because India and Israel have this very, uh, I don't know, very they have a cute relationship, friendly bond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah India has friendly bonds with a lot of <laughs> random that's things. True. Anyways, yeah, <laughs> never mind. We are friendly. <laughs> we are friendly. Till it serves our purpose. <laughs> yes. I think we should wrap it up. Yes. So, thank you for listening. We'll be back again next Monday. In the meantime, you can catch us on Twitter at MovieWalaPod and Instagram at MovieWalaPodcast. Bye. Bye. <laughs>